Hello, this is Josh Gondelman. No, I'm sorry, I'm Josh Gondelman, and this is Make My Day, a comedy game show. The world is a stressful place, so I try to make it a little nicer for about half an hour every week. I play a game with one guest, and I score their their answers to my questions based on how much they cheer me up. They are guaranteed to win because they're the only contestant, and after they win, they receive a $100 donation to the charity or aid cause of their choice. Then, we each give a pep talk to the person or entity or group of, of their choice and my choice, because this isn't all about me, it's just mostly about me. My guest today is a comedian and a television writer, as well as the co-host of the wonderful podcast, Baby Geniuses. Welcome to the show, Emily Heller. Hello, Josh. I'm so happy to be here. It's just lovely to see you. It's so nice to see you. It's been so long. (laughs) I know. I was just looking at pictures of my, I think it was my 27th birthday Mm -hmm. party that we were both at. Yeah. In New York. And now I'm only 29. (laughs) Yeah, so it was like right before the pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, I'm 35, so it was a while ago. A while ago. Yeah, but it's great to see you. Always great to see you. I think about it so much because you, it's been so long since you've lived in New York. I know. I lived in New York for two years, and it still feels like when I am there, people are like, don't know I've left. <laughs> right, 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 right. Because that's how little people are invested in other people's personal narratives. <laughs> that's, But that is like a very New York City thing, I find. I, it's not like a mean place. People have this idea that it's like mean and people are trying to like hit you with cabs all the time. No, they, it's just like people forget that you can move away. Yes. Right, 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 right. They're like, what have you been doing? Trapped on the subway? Yeah, they're just like, did you did you move to the Bronx? <laughs> it's like the furthest anyone can conceive of you going. Oh, you're out in Montclair, right? You're out in Jersey taking the path train. <laughs> and you lived in Los Angeles for like almost eight years now. Yeah. <laughs> I, you sent me that picture of us the other day, and it made me so happy. Oh, good, yeah. And I was thinking about it because when the Creek and the Cave closed, it's a comedy and venue and, and restaurant in New York City that closed during the pandemic. Everyone was kind of tweeting, like, kind of snarky remembrances of it in like, <laughs> an affectionate, teasing way. And I said, RIP to the Creek and the Cave, the place where I stood in line for the bathroom more than any other single venue on Earth <laughs> more, <laughs> for a longer time total, cumulatively. And I was thinking about it because there was like a, there were pictures of comedians like as wallpaper in the bathroom and there was a really nice one of us and I was like, oh, I, that's yeah. just gone. <laughs> yeah, we used to just ease people's journey in the bathroom. <laughs> that's true. And that was the bathroom that, that needed a friendly face. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? If we're easing your bathroom journey right now, good tidings to you. Hey, we've come full circle <laughs> from bathroom to bathroom. <laughs> I think a good tidings. I haven't heard one of those outside of a Christmas carol in years. I don't know what a tiding is. Do you? I don't. I thought they're the pods you're not supposed to eat. That's for <laughs> those are bad tidings. I think it's like a like a greeting from a ship. That's my best guess for yes. real. Yes, it's like I bring good tidings, but mm-hmm. I don't know what makes a tiding good. I don't yeah. know if it's a, was it ever a physical object? Please, no one send me this information. Absolutely <laughs> don't answer this question. My listeners know that we don't want to be corrected on this show. <laughs> if we're wrong, just let us 
bumble around the world in ignorance. <laughs> yeah. And if we're right, don't say anything to us about it. Just tell other people about these how two very are. right people that you mm-hmm. know. What if tidings are just like medieval vibes? <laughs> <laughs> Like, man, the tidings are great here. They, they lit some incense. Yeah, some bitch, don't kill my tidings. <laughs> <laughs> Yield Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> this is perfect. Um, this is a great, These the tidings are great to jump into today's game. Yes. <laughs> today's game is called Top crops. Emily, over the last couple of years, you've cultivated a really lovely and practical garden in your yard, which you post updates about on Instagram and antagonize John Lovett with updates about when you appear on Love It or Leave It. Today, I'm going to quiz you on the qualities of plants as well as your grandest gardening aspirations. I will judge your answers, as always, on accuracy, creativity, and how much they delight me specifically. (laughs) Emily Heller, are you ready to play Top Crops? (laughs) I am extremely ready to play Top Crops. Perfect. Let's get into it. Starting here. First question. Which plant would make the best best friend if it were a human? I think the best, best friend of all the plants, at least the ones that I'm growing, would be arugula. Okay. Any leafy green would be good, but especially arugula, because uh, the thing about leafy greens is there's no pretense. Like, what you see is what you get. It is arugula (laughs) from the moment it leaves the ground, you know? Like, it's not like a tomato where it takes months for it to look Mm -hmm. like the thing you know it to be. Like, you can eat arugula at any stage, and it will be arugula, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, you can let it get bigger, and that's good, but, you know, it's what you see is what you get. It's consistent. There's no pods or weird flowers you need to eat before they bloom Mm -hmm. and then make the rest of it taste weird. Like, it's a little spicy. You want that in a friend, but it's consistent. (laughs) arugula at every stage of its life. Consistency is very important in a best friend. The other thing about arugula, too, is it it is a winter vegetable, but it's not super picky about its climate. So it's like it's there when all of the like sort of flashier summer things go away. So like in this scenario, I'm kind of picturing tomatoes are like your boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And when the tomatoes are gone, when summer ends, your best friend arugula is there to pick up the pieces. (laughs) So in this case, it's tomatoes, specifically camp boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I guess so. It's it's the sort of summer loving, like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) from Greece. (laughs) Tell me more, tell me more, did he grow on a vine? I guess in this analogy, okay, Sandy is bok choy, Mm -hmm. and she needed to be arugula because arugula was more adaptable to, I forget what John Travolta's character's name was. Danny. Danny, to Danny's other world. She couldn't make the transition. But, like, if tomatoes are your boyfriend, arugula is, like, Mm -hmm. and arugula is your best friend, I'm losing the analogy. We're so (laughs) deep in this. There's, like, you can't, listeners can't see, there's a cork board behind Emily with a lot of yarn (laughs) connecting pictures of vegetables. We're one question in. Also just took actual vegetables and hung them on the cork board, and they're slowly (laughs) rotting to the ground. It's a very gross, but I do appreciate the effort. The point I'm getting at is arugula and tomatoes taste good together, so it's like your best friend getting along with your boyfriend. Oh, that's so sweet. Right? I love that. This is a really good answer. We've, we've come <laughs> out of the gates just so strong. I feel 
terrific about all of this. This answer is worth 200 points. Oh, great. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> great. Next question. On the other hand, we've talked about best friends. Which plant that you've tried to grow would you consider to be the most formidable nemesis? Yeah. Okay. This is this is tough because a lot of plants have, have really not been my friend. Mm-hmm. But I would say in terms of the amount of emotional turmoil it has given me personally. Yeah, that's what I'm into. It's got to be the avocado. Okay. The, the avocado trees. It's. I had two avocado. I started with two avocado trees, and they both at first grew really well, and they grew a bunch of little baby avocados, and then they all just fell off before they could become real fruit. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I've, I, people were saying, like, oh, well, you need two different kinds of avocado tree. It can't be the same kind of avocado tree because they flower at different times of mm-hmm. day, and there's some weird, you know, plant sex thing that's going yeah. on. So I got a different kind of avocado tree. Then I had three. But two of my avocado trees then died because they got sunburned. <laughs> no, that's <Yes>. not. No. <laughs> that doesn't which, sound right. <laughs> which, you know, talk about avocado toast. Uh, Hello. (laughs) (laughs) It was the most expensive avocado toast of all time because it cost me two whole trees. (laughs) Oh, that's terrible. This is like a very small scale millennial famine. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And then there's also, it's like, I keep getting these messages that like my generation's affinity for this particular fruit is causing the downfall of everyone. And so when my individual avocado trees fail, it's not just my own failure. It's layered in with all of these other sort of very complicated ideas about uh, what it means to be in a generation. (laughs) What kind of Angela's Ashes shit is that? (laughs) That you're just like, this is a generational trauma that will take your children years to recover from these avocado trees. The millennial avocado famine. People are going to talk about it. They're going to be like, oh, the brunch was ruined for years. The point is, (laughs) I do think we are eventually going to work out our problems. I do think my avocado trees will eventually yield what I want them to yield, and then that will make all of what I've gone through so far worth it. We'll look back on it and smile. That's beautiful. Do you think they're like, eventually we will break her will? (laughs) (laughs) Eventually she's going to try, she's just going to let us do our thing, stop trying to eat our fruits. (laughs) Like they're teamed up. Because you're like, okay, I've got two different kinds of trees. They're going to start hooking up. And they're like, we would never. You think just because we're both avocado trees, that's fucking rude. What, are we just the only avocado trees you know? (laughs) Why do you think we're compatible? Give me me three reasons. This is a great answer. This is worth 100 50 points. That's 30 points for each hour an avocado stays ripe. (laughs) Next question. Ooh, I'm excited to hear the answer to this one. If you could spend a day as any plant in your garden, which would you choose? All right. I'm going to level with you. That sounds boring. Okay. But that's fair. (laughs) It wouldn't be my dream scenario, but I would have to treat it like. It's like a retreat, you know, Mm -hmm. like where you unplug and you just like don't have access to your phone and you're just sort of like chilling out like a spa. So I do think, though, 
that would be a long time to be a plant. I think I would want to be something with flowers because then at least I would have some like bug visitors. Yeah. (laughs) You know, come hanging out, pollinating and stuff like that. That's good. And so if it's in my garden, I have like some gazanias, but I also have lavender. People say lavender chills you out. So I have to imagine that being lavender would be like the chillest (laughs) possible option. Right. It's like being Matthew McConaughey in flower form. <laughs> yeah. Just be like, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> What's that, a butterfly? All right. <laughs> you know what I like about bees? They keep, they keep bringing pollen and I stay in the same place. <laughs> Very good answer. Lavender, I love it. I think so chill. This answer is just worth a very chill 88 points, which I think feels like two infinities, which Matthew McConaughey would get a kick out of. (laughs) He'd be like, you turn your head on your side, that's two infinities. Those are my favorite kind of pools. (laughs) (laughs) Next question. If your garden were a high school, which plant would be voted most likely to succeed? Being voted most likely to succeed doesn't mean you actually are most likely to that's succeed. A great, that's a great answer. So it could mean you are popular or you have rich yeah. parents. Or yeah. you have a lot of potential that people can easily recognize mm-hmm. that you may or may not. You could squander it. Yes, exactly. So, okay, I would say it would probably be sunflowers. Because they grow so tall. They grow to their full height before they even start making the flower part. Um, (laughs) They're just like, check me out. (laughs) That's that's like awkward sunflower puberty, right? When it's all stock, no flower. It's like, hey, want to smell me? I'm like, smell what? Sorry. (laughs) But they also, one thing that I learned about sunflowers is that they're actually like hundreds of flowers that are just doing an impression of one flower. This shook me to my core. (laughs) (laughs) It's like an insurance policy where, like, every single individual seed of a sunflower was its own flower. And then when it's done being a flower, that part just falls off and then the seeds are just there. Okay. That part dries up and you have to rub it off before you can harvest the sunflower seeds. And so I grew one sunflower last year. And it was huge. It was like eight feet tall, and the face of it was like a foot wide. Whoa. Um, And then I harvested the seeds, and there was like a hundred of them, and I'd say all but like two or three of them were completely empty. Oh, no. (laughs) Which is classic unrealized potential. Your local baseball team must have gone so hungry. (laughs) 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 Nothing to chew on. That is that is such unrealized potential. Uh, yeah. I got hardcore punked by this flower. I love it. A hundred points for sunflowers for the 100 seeds. Yes. Great. Next question. Which... <laughs> this one... I looked at this, I was like, who wrote this? And it was like, obviously me. <laughs> There's nobody else that wrote that was typing in my document. Which vegetable is closest to being an animal? (laughs) What's funny about this question is it makes a lot of sense to ask what animals are closest to being a vegetable Mm -hmm. because I'm a vegetarian and I'm always trying to find ways that there are animals I can eat. Where I'm like, you know, a scallop doesn't have a brain or nerve endings. (laughs) Right, right, right. Like, that's basically a vegetable. But, okay, what vegetable is closest to being an animal? I think it's probably peas because they basically have tentacles. (laughs) 
Like, yeah. as they're growing, they grow these things to, like, hang on to stuff because they're just, like, already so tired of being peas. Mm-hmm. Or they're just like, oh, I need to take a load off <laughs> just immediately. <laughs> oh, these dogs are barking. <laughs> what, I'm supposed to just grow straight up? <laughs> oh, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> what, what am I, a sunflower? <laughs> He's just, like, so put upon. Yeah. Miss me with that expectation, please. (laughs) Yeah, they're basically basically octopuses. We're talking 160 points for this answer. (laughs) 20 points for each tentacle of an octopus. Great. Next question. What is a product or or a piece of produce that you think you could sell at a farmer's market or that if you saw at a farmer's market, it would blow people away? (laughs) What do you think? What's the next big farmer's the market? The next big farmer's thing? market item? Yeah. Well, I think, I don't know if people would be into this. I think it's a good idea. And I, in my limited sales experience, <laughs> okay. I think I think it would work. I think they should sell, just at the very end of the farmer's market, a mystery basket that has one <laughs> item from every booth. That's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Only with like a little bit of sort of deviousness. The reason why I thought of this is because I used to work at a pizza place and on April and, you know, we would have like a slice of the day that we got to just decide what it was. And on April Fool's Day, I made a mystery slice that had a little bit of every topping on it at some <laughs> place in the pizza. So not some every place. Where could it be hiding? <laughs> it was all under the cheese. <laughs> I put it all the toppings under the cheese and it was none of it was like spread out evenly so there would just be like a big pocket of garlic and a big pocket of olives and it also had stripes of every kind of sauce and um, that was the last uh, that was like the end of them letting us choose what the slice of the day was <laughs> I feel like you get like diplomatic immunity on April Fool's Day I think so. And people bought it. Yeah. And they got mad at you for driving up sales, bringing a little bit <laughs> right? of whimsy into people's lives. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I drove up sales. I think if we had sold maybe literally any other combination of toppings, it might have sold more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's the problem with this guy to analytics. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really have all the data. In yeah, front of me. we didn't have a good control group. <laughs> no. Under the cheese, I guess when you were like somewhere on the pizza, I was picturing inside the crust that like high note. Oh no! But, uh, but under the cheese is so under funny. The I, just as we're like, if like a little kid had to hide on a piece of pizza, they would be under the cheese, and you'd pretend that you don't see them. Just like you're not big. kidding me, Olive. Yeah, I can see you. We covered a lot of ground with that answer. You really did. Mystery, mischief, mystery, farmers market box. Honestly, this is a mystery number of points. Oh my goodness. We'll come back to it at the end. All and then right. we'll know. <laughs> Figure it out. Next question. Who is the protagonist of a salad? Protagonist of a salad? Yeah. I really went off the rails. I apologize. I think it really depends on what kind of like movie you're watching. Like if it's a Marvel movie or something yeah. like that, it's probably like blue cheese because you're like, <laughs> damn, that's powerful and I'm definitely giving it the most attention and it's not like anything else in here really and that's mm-hmm. why it's important, you yep. know? Yep. 
But if it's like an indie movie about like a boarding school, it's probably like <laughs> onions or something. Onions, is that what you said? <laughs> yeah. Like it's just different enough from the other stuff in the salad to be off-putting to some people. <laughs> sure. <laughs> like Ladybird is onions. Yeah. yeah, Ladybird's onions. <laughs> and the Hulk is blue cheese. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think this is how the Oscars should be awarded. <laughs> they just it's not awards for like what's good or bad. It's just like which parts of the salad you are. Yeah. <laughs> the, this year's dressing goes to <laughs> Quentin Tarantino. Because <laughs> it's just a little all over the place or what? <laughs> you seem damp. <laughs> he seems like at all times one part of his body is wet. Oh, yeah, that's definitely true. <laughs> That guy, does he even own a towel? <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a dude who drip dries, 100%. Oh, yeah. This is a great answer, though. This answer is 111 points. Next question. What's the most overrated plant? Most overrated plant? Yeah. Let's, let's dish. <clears throat> 100% lawn grass. Whoa. Lawn grass is the most overrated plant. It uses way too much water. It requires a ton of maintenance. It's not edible. It's terrible for the environment. It stains your clothes. It's trash. I hate it. And I, you know, I wouldn't hate it if it wasn't everywhere. Front yard grass is the John Hamm comedy cameo of plants. <laughs> like, we can't have everyone doing it <laughs> or it just it loses all value uh get rid of your lawn if you have a lawn if you have a house the city you live in will probably pay you to get rid of your lawn and you should take that money and get rid of that lawn and put in something that a butterfly would want to land on um gosh this this answer is worth 136 points which is how many pages i imagine walt whitman's leaves of grass is <laughs> Again, please don't correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. I, it, it won't improve my life, and it won't improve yours. <laughs> Final question. Okay. What is something that's not a plant, but you wish you could grow in your garden like a plant? Oh. It's a two-way tie here between mozzarella sticks and Bluetooth headphones. <laughs> <laughs> oh. What a because beautiful garden. Those are two things that just fill me with shame every time I buy them. The Bluetooth <laughs> headphones is just because it means I lost another pair of Bluetooth yep, headphones. For sure. And then mozzarella sticks, there's just no dignity in buying mozzarella sticks. <laughs> because there's no even pretense that you're like a vegetable in any way. Like fried zucchini, you can be like, well, it's zucchini, I yeah, guess. Yeah, on the inside, zucchini. <laughs> but fried cheese, it's like... Cheese is the thing that you put on other things to make them less healthy. You can't just fry it and eat it alone. But you can, and we do. But I do, and every time it's on a menu, I order it. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. If I grew it in the garden, I would never have to have a conversation about it with anyone ever again. Yeah, you would. they would come out of the earth, and then it would feel... <clears throat> then it would feel a little healthy, even if the nutritional value was the same. Right. At least I like, was, like, working on my glutes while I grew them, yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Weeding and watering. Exactly. It would just be like, well, no, it's just like this is just where where they grow, you know? I just wanted to see if I could grow them, and now I guess I have to eat them. Yeah. How could you not eat them? 
You've got it. You grew them yourself. This is a very good answer. Bluetooth speakers, mozzarella sticks. This answer is worth 175 points, which brings your total current score to 1,120 points. But to stop there would be to forget the mystery points from earlier, which I have not allocated yet. I'm going to give you 180 mystery points for your mystery box. That brings your total score to 1,300 points, the highest all-time score in Make My Day history. Emily Heller, how do you feel? I feel incredible. I feel incredible. Thank you. You are a champion of champions. And as the grand prize winner this week, you have won $100 as a donation or contribution to the charity or cause of your choice. Where will the money be going? That money will be going to the National Association for Urban Debate Leagues, uh, which is a, a wonderful organization that sets up debate programs in underfunded public schools. And uh, they need the money now more than ever because a lot of debate has moved virtual because of the pandemic, which means that you know, for these kids who already have barriers to participation in this uh, wonderful activity, they now have this extra, like, technological barrier. So I recommend checking out what they do and, and throwing them some money. That's great. Um, I'll put the information in the show notes and on the social media for the show. And they also have local chapters, probably where you live, uh, where you can give them money or you can volunteer to judge at debate tournaments. You don't have to have any special qualifications to do that. Um, cool. And that's a great way to help out if you can't throw them any money. That's such a great cause. The first time on the show, which is always exciting. Yeah. Um, thank you so much. Finally, for this week's show, the pep talks. We will each give a pep talk to a person, group, object that we think deserves it or needs it this week. I'll go first. My pep talk is for weeds. It must be hard to spend every day knowing that so many people are against you and don't want you in their lives. That some people would pull you out of the ground rather than letting you thrive. But that's not about you. You deserve to live and grow and soak up the sun just as much as Cheryl Crow or tomatoes (laughs) or flowers. And sure, sometimes people do have a point when you're causing active harm to plants they're cultivating that maybe they need for food. But at the same time, the people who go out of their way to be like, you know, dandelions or weeds are the most joyless people on earth. (laughs) Yeah. Dandelions are weeds, and lobsters are the cockroaches of the sea, but all that says to me is some weeds are beautiful, and maybe land cockroaches are also delicious. Weeds. You, like all of us, have limited time on this earth. You're at the mercy of the elements, but also irrigation and the busy hands of retired people in temperate climates. Don't let that stop you from living as much as you can. You've got to look out for yourself, weeds. Grow high and grow strong. And when a gloved hand comes for you, as it metaphorically comes for us all in the end, know that you did your best. Emily, the floor is yours for a pep talk. Oh, wow. <clears throat> I figured I would also stick to, you know, the, the elements of the garden. I'd like to give my pep talk to water. What a thankless job water has. Everyone treats you like the most basic of all basic bitches. <laughs> We dread drinking you when we're lucky enough to have regular access to you. We never use the word watery to describe anything good. Always just bad ketchup and ocean graves. We use you to get rid of our poop. We turn up our noses when choosing between you and milk when we make hot chocolate. We treat you like a menace when we get you in our socks or our blankets or our belongings in general. We act like the rain is our enemy and the sun is our friend, even though touching rainwater is pleasant, but touching the sun would kill me instantly. 
But we also rely on you for so many important things. You put out our fires, you turn our pipes into bongs, and our ops into wops. <laughs> you keep us and our dogs alive, and you make our plants grow. So I just want to say, water, you don't have to be anything but yourself. I appreciate you. You carry a heavy load, but you make it look good. That being said, I will still never choose to drink you plain if there's seltzer around. <laughs> a beautiful pep talk. Water, feeling invigorated, ionized. <laughs> After that, thank you so much. That was wonderful. And that's been our show. That's Make My Day. I'm your host, Josh Gondelman. My day has been made thanks to this week's champion, Emily Heller. Emily, Hooray. where can people find you and your work? You can find me on um, social media at Mr. Emily Heller. You can also follow my garden journey at Emily's Garden Show on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, and also, once again, the, if you needed the information for the National Association of Urban Debate Leagues, yes. uh, is that, that will be on the, the show's social media and in the show notes. If you have your own answers to today's game of Top Crops, Tweet them at me, at Josh Gondelman. I think I finally said it right, <laughs> the name of the game, <laughs> at the end right of the show. You every time. It just sounded a little wrong to you. Yeah, it's true. I did fine. <laughs> <laughs> I knew what I was doing-ish. And that's the show. Make My Day is a Radio Point production produced by Houston Snyder and Naomi Steinberg. Recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. Executive produced by Alex Bach, Rich Corson, and Daniel Powell. If you like the show, please rate and review it as highly as your conscience allows. A five-star review really helps. We'll be back next week. Until then, have several nice days. 